This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 32. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now, your host, Kristen Trumpy. Happy Easter, happy Passover, or if you're celebrating some kind of other holiday that I don't know about, happy that as well. Today we're going to talk about the body, and um, public discussion about the body is often very limited. It's limited to diet, the need to exercise, or how media is screwing up our sense of um, self, our body image, and all of that. Today, um, I'd like to expand the scope of that discussion a little bit by looking at how positive psychology approaches the body. Um, we'll hear about different ways that positive psychology is turning its attention to biological processes and also discuss um, what body awareness is because it all starts with awareness. You can't really do much if you have no clue what's going on. So only if we know what is going on can we change in, a, um, in some intentional way. And although meditation is a great tool for this, it will not be discussed today because I plan to do a separate episode on that topic in the future. Um, I'd like to talk about the physical concept of self as well as a little bit and discuss what is known as health assets. The idea is that by learning in more detail about certain concepts, um, like body awareness or physical self-concept, you can identify what's already going well in relation to your body and expand on that. You can also think about what you're not doing yet and what could benefit you and what makes you feel bad as well because you don't necessarily have to tackle that right now. Maybe if there's other things that you can approach which sounds easier or is easier to you and would give you a lot of well-being or improve your health, why not start there? I also hope you can get some inspiration and see that if there's something you're unhappy about in relationship to your body that you understand that it's really just a small piece of the puzzle. The body is so much more than whatever is worrying you. So let's get right into it. At first, I want to talk about positive psychology in the body. And it's based on the work by Kate Heffron, who's written a book on the subject. And it's important to know that the body is severely under-researched in positive psychology. And one reason might be that our founding fathers, you know, Mike Martin Seligman, Mike Csikszentmihalyi, and all those other folks, do not seem to attach a lot of importance to um, the body and physicality. However, we cannot think, perceive, or experience anything outside of our body or, as far as we know, spiritual discussions aside. So, positive psychology, how does it relate to the body? Well, positive psychology investigates topics such as um, positive physiology. So, for example, if you, what is a healthy immune system and how is it influenced by things such as gratitude or optimism? Then there's positive neuroscience. Which areas are active when we are creative? What happens in the brain when we meditate? And how does practicing meditation change the structure of our brain? It is because of positive neuroscience that meditation has received as much attention as it has. Because previously, 
um, scientists, scientists used to scoff at it and think, you know, that's something that comes from religion. It has no relevance to science. But actually, once they put a few monks into their um, MRI scanners and PET scanners and all of that, and they could actually show that both the structure of the brain, but also what's happening at any given moment can change solely by meditating. So that's why people are taking it a little bit more serious now. When you think about genetics, that's, an, that's another field that positive psychology can look at. And researchers are always looking for the depression gene or the obesity gene or whatever other horrible genes we might have. But what about genes which are associated with empathy or compassion? Um, do they exist? And if so, what needs to happen that these genes can be expressed? This is particularly interesting in light of a field called epigenetics. Now, before, we used to think that if you have some kind of gene, it will predict a certain outcome. And that would be fixed and outside of our control. However, now we're finding that while certain genes often go along with a particular condition, the presence of this gene does not always determine that you will actually get that condition, whatever it is. Which means, like, let's say it's possible for science has maybe found you know um, genes which are associated with depression however if you go and look at the entire population of people who have this gene or that variant of a gene not all of them are depressed so why is that and what they're finding is that basically genes have something that could be called an on or off switch and that on and off switch, really, whether the gene gets expressed or not, has a lot to do with the environment and with how we live. Heffron also included a chapter on positive sexuality, which is even more under-researched than the body itself. I guess people are quite shy about that topic. However, in times of abundant porn consumption and kids getting pregnant early, it might pay off to think about sexuality that strengthens relationships and helps individuals grow. So far, most research has focused on why people have sex, but not on what flourishing sex life looks like. So I'm curious about what that will be. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Now, another really interesting topic that Heffron included was about body modification. Now, in the past, um, people who had tattoos and all of that used to be thought of as thugs and sailors and basically it was seen as some kind of deficiency or some kind of problem. It really did not occur to a lot of people or at least scientists that you could change your body, modify your body and that that's not, that that's actually a healthy thing. Now, Heffron also includes interesting questions such as what happens when we put Botox in our faces. How does this change our happiness levels and the happiness levels around us, the people around us? And in what ways do tattoos help people express themselves positively? So even if the science is not yet in the position to give answers to lots of these questions that I just mentioned, you might actually benefit from exploring these topics in your own life to help you do this, let's go into body awareness as a first step. Now, there are four aspects of body awareness. It's called perceived body sensation. So do you feel what's going on in your body in terms of, you know, pain or cold or warmth or whatever, increased energy pulsating? Do you feel that? 
then when you pay attention to your body, what is the attention quality? That's the second aspect. So do you just, you know, do you just notice things in passing? Like, oh, it's just a side effect. Basically, when you maybe stump your toe or something, you notice it. Or are you able to really focus on your body and actually feel what's going on? Then another aspect of body awareness is your attitude. How seriously do you take the signals that you that you actually can feel? And the fourth is mind-body integration. What do you do with all this information coming from your brain and coming from your body? Now, I'd like to do a little activity and I'd like you to ask yourself these questions. Um, they're actually designed to help you think about where you stand in terms of body awareness. Now, do you know what's going on in your body? Are there times when it's more difficult to keep in touch with your body than others? If so, when is it easy? When is it hard? Do you care what's going on in your body? Do you ignore or engage with the signals? In which situations do you engage with these signals the most? Can you expand on that? Is it just when something hurts or also when you're feeling good sensations? Do you trust those signals? What kind of decisions do you make based on them? And how does your awareness translate into action? In what situations do you find it easy to integrate the thoughts you have about bodily sensations in your life? For example, if you feel stressed um, and you feel like maybe tense in your shoulders or something, how easy is it for you to actually take some kind of action to relieve that stress? Or do you just notice it and then it's over? What's going on there? Another activity focuses on our individual senses. So let's take a closer look at the senses and think about five ways that you can use each sense to either relax or um, feel better in some way or the other. How can you use your eyes? For example, you can intentionally look at things which are beautiful and give you pleasure. You know, um, for some women that might be clothes, for me it's nature, what is it that you can look at that makes you happy? How else can you use your eyes to feel better? Like, for example, can you maybe close your eyes and give them a little bit of a rest? What about your ears? What are the sounds that you really enjoy listening to? What effects do sounds have on you? And what effects do sounds have, for example, if you have a slight pain? Do you, do you cease to notice it if you're listening to something or not? What about touch? What about taste? Um, what about smells? Smells are wonderful. They're very immediate. Um, I don't know about you, but there are some smells I just really, really love. Which ones do you like? And what is nice about thinking about our senses is that everything we come up with is really actionable. And it's actionable in a very, usually it's very fast. You know, for example, with the smell, we can often just, you know, open the fridge and just, you know, smell something that we like to smell, or we can put on some music, or we can we can think about the ways that touch make us feel better, or our partners, or our friends, or whatever it is. The next topic I'd like to look at is called physical self-concept. And before I get into it, it's important to know that not just women obsess about you know their body and how they think about their body it's often both genders but they do so in very different ways and 
breaking down the physical self-concept into its parts can help us appreciate that whatever we are obsessing about, um, that there are other things that we can focus on. And one concept that seems really important in terms of our self-concept is the myth that we will be happy when XYZ happens. Now, this is a common happiness myth that people think, oh, if I win the lottery, I'll be happy. If I um, if I marry Prince Charming, I'll be happy. If I lose 10 pounds, I'll be happy. And it's important to think about, to not think about, but actually to understand that this is, in most cases, a myth. And that if we can think that we can only be happy if something happens, we usually block ourselves from being happy before that happens. Um, so in terms of what we're talking about the body you can feel good about your body before you have lost a certain amount of weight or before you have gained a certain amount of muscle and um, the thing about waiting for something to happen is that usually when it happens it makes us happy in the moment but then we get used to it and scientists call this hedonic adaptation so in terms of that it might make more sense to actually engage with the way you see your body and how you feel about being in your body in many different ways that you explore different avenues to feel good about yourself and not just one. Now think about whether some of these aspects could be something for you. You can focus more on what it would make you feel good and help you develop. You can focus less on what makes you unhappy and use one area where you have lots of confidence to tackle an area you would like to change how you feel about. Now, what kind of aspects are we talking about? Well, um, there are different ways to think about our physical self-concept. And there is one that scientists seem to prefer and it's made up of different aspects. So number one is sports competence. How do you generally feel about sports? Do you have any specific activities you enjoy? Um, Some people might have a lot of happy memories from the school days, and this includes me. Some of my happiest memories have to do with playing soccer. But others might have been pretty traumatized by what happened in physical education, and um, that is likely to actually influence how we feel about our bodies because different sports emphasize different abilities so if we were continuously forced to play sports we're not good at it is very likely that that has somehow messed with our self-image however if we find sports that we're actually good at and we enjoy that can really help us restore a lot of self-confidence then there's um, the physical condition how do you, do you feel fit is your body working in a way that helps you get through your day without worrying about it attractiveness do you feel attractive um, if not, do you feel which parts of your body do you think are the most attractive? Um, strengths, do you feel, no, not strengths, strength, body strength, right? I'm so used to talking about character strength, strengths that I have problems talking just about one strength. This is the overall strength of the body. Do you feel strong in general? Do you feel like you can lift the stuff that you have to lift and, you know, get the stuff done that you need to get done? And the physical self-worth is basically a mix of all of these aspects. And it's important to understand that even a very sick person can have a high sense of physical self-worth and a very fit and strong person can feel 
down about themselves. So it has nothing to do or very little to do with the actual conditions and more about how you think about each of these aspects. So what is helpful about knowing these physical aspects is that you understand the options you have in improving your sense of physical self-worth. Because, for example, physical strength is something that can be increased in a matter of weeks if you're just, you know, averagely healthy, if you don't have any chronic pains or things. And then finding a sport that suits you can really also enhance your sense of physical self-worth. Um, so that's a good way to think about that. Now I'd like to move on to the health assets. Now, the following assets have been identified by psychologists. However, it's perfectly possible that you can think of additional ones. And what's also important, if you don't have any of these assets or very little of them, it's not the end of the world and mo because most of them can actually be built up. Now, what are positive health assets? Number one is a positive physical well-being. That means that no matter what's going on, generally, on most days, you feel good about being in your body. And that doesn't necessarily just mean your self-image or how awesome you look on your selfies, but actually how you feel as you walk around and go about your business. Another health asset is if, you're, if there's an absence of bothersome symptoms. Now, if you don't have recurring pain or if you don't have a lot of pain or none at all that's a good thing that's something that's great and you can feel good about that then there's this idea of a certain durability hardiness and confidence in the body which means that you are just you know you're not tough as in you know sylvester stallone tough but you're basically strong and confident and enough to go about your daily business and it doesn't your body's basically not in your way it's strong enough to do what you need to do another health asset is what is called an internal locus of control and that means that you feel you have control over what happens to your body and if you don't at least you have control over how you react another health asset is optimism about your future health high life satisfaction and frequent positive emotions now again thinking about the assets that you already have is really important because we have this tendency to just look at what we don't have and you can strengthen the assets you already have by being more grateful that you actually have them and especially if there are people who are supporting you in maintaining or improving your health assets but also circumstances you can also be proud if it's something that you have built up and or have maintained and it's also good to actually feel the positive emotions that go hand in hand with experiencing these health assets and it's important because otherwise we again just zero in what we on what we don't have what i really enjoy about the psychology of the body is the fact that you get a lot of happiness bang for your buck which means that yesterday I went for a run and it was I don't know 30 40 50 minutes I didn't check my watch but now um, it's basically 20 hours later and I'm still feeling good and I'm not I'm not sore or anything like that but I'm still feeling good I still feel it slightly in my legs my legs feel differently my um, my spine feels differently 
all of these things feel differently and it seems like a very very good investment and although I'm a huge fan and I'm also I also have the tendency to kind of sometimes forget about the body because I'm just so fascinated with all the other stuff that we can do with our minds it's important to kind of understand that I don't think there's anything that works faster in terms of happiness than engaging with our body and what I mean by that is that if you for example just have I don't know 15 minutes or even just five minutes if you have five minutes and you do a couple of jumping jacks or push-ups or something like that you're gonna feel different and better for probably at least an hour and the same is true with other things with our body so for example if we if we sleep well it has a major major influence on our overall well-being so i hope that this episode has given you ways to rethink and expand your thinking about the body and its importance and have a good week and happy easter happy passover once again bye-bye if you enjoyed this episode you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on itunes or stitcher we would love to hear from you at kristen at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthphoenix.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt. <laughs> <laughs>